Well, we've come up to stage six load shedding with the threat of stage eight, um, you know, hanging over our heads as well. And um, because of this, the, uh, you know, mineral uh, resources and energy minister, Gwede Mantashe, has accused Eskom of actively agitating to overthrow the state. Now, he was speaking at a signing ceremony for 30 new independent power projects. And he added that Eskom had to fix its operational problems. At the same time, it has emerged that while the country faces long hours with no electricity, ministers do not have the same applied to them. And this afternoon, we will be discussing that with the DA Samantha Graham Mayor with regards to um, this particular issue. The Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure, Patricia DeLille, revealed that her department has spent nearly 800,000 rand on diesel to run generators at ministers' homes. But the department is also spending money on replacing generators for these ministers as well. So we've got Samantha on the line this afternoon. Samantha, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Hi, Anissa. Thank you very much for having me. I'm sure by me saying that out loud irks not just you, but many, many people in South Africa who just heard me. Anissa, it's actually iniquitous. You know, um, when it's the same ministers who've caused the problem being shielded from the effects of it, it's hard not to be incredibly upset by what is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it's going to cost money to have these generators running, but also to replace these generators. Um, How often do they need to be replaced? I mean, uh, I can understand that we do have lots of load shedding. In fact, I think this year we've broken a record in South Africa with regards to load shedding. But how often would they need to have these generators um, replaced, especially since most of the time they aren't at home? Yeah, look, you know, um, there's no clarity in terms of why they needed to be replaced other than the fact that the minister said that um, the cost of maintenance was prohibitive and for that reason they were replacing redundant um, generators. So there are 13 that have been replaced. But earlier reports prior to this question um, revealed that they had spent 2.6 million rand keeping the lights burning in ministers' houses. 1.3 of that was installing generators last year and another 681,000 this year. So I still don't have clarity on whether or not the 13 replacement generators are over and above or part of that scenario. Um, because prior to July this year, they had already spent 600,000 on, on diesel. Mm. So um, the point is, is that the old ministerial handbook that applied before the president secretly changed it um, was that ministers were entitled to an allowance of up to 5,000 rand a month of electricity um, at their ministerial houses. Anything over and above that was for their own cost. So when this first came to light, we wrote to the public protector and requested an, um, her to, to investigate. We're still awaiting a response on that. And we also um, wrote to um, the minister um, in the um, presidency to say, at the end of the day, what what are you going to do to reclaim the costs over and above the 5,000 rand? We're also mm-hmm. now currently looking into potentially fringe benefit taxes um, that the minister should have incurred as a result of them having this because it's way in excess of what they're allowed in terms of the ministerial handbook. 
So um, our mm. feeling at the end of the day is that this is completely unjustified. It sh- should never have been allowed to happen. And there is absolutely no reason why um, taxpayers who are sitting in the dark should be funding um, ministers sitting with life. Absolutely. And I mean, this is really a slap in the face of many South Africans, particularly when we look at our hospitals and clinics that are struggling to treat patients. And in many cases, um, they're being told that there's no money to buy diesel for the generators that they have available to them. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as I said in my statement as well, I mean, I've heard stories of babies being born by candlelight at clinics because they don't have generators. I live in a rural province. I live in the Eastern Cape. Our rural communities cannot afford to run generators at clinics. Um, and when you've got eight hours of, of load shedding in a day, people are not getting basic services in terms of, um, you know, hospital needs, the clinics. And don't forget as well, the hospitals, when they run on generators, can only run certain things. So all your elective surgeries then get put on the back burner. There are people uh-huh. I know at Livingston Hospital in the Eastern Cape who've been waiting months upon months upon months for orthopedic care um, and they just keep getting pushed to the back of the line because the elective surgeries that they require um, have to make way for, for emergency surgeries and then of course there's a backlog built up because there's no power in the theatres. Mm-hmm. And that's just our hospitals and clinics. Well, schools have basically closed, so they're not affected right now. But um, the fact that you have children at home, um, you know, who constantly want to eat or do stuff, um, particularly with young children today spending so much time with, um, you know, electrical gadgets, they are going to start becoming quite an annoyance to their parents. And I'm sure just that was going to make many parents very, very angry, um, even though it's not a healthy habit to have. But a lot of what we do today relies on on, um, electricity, Um, be it playing a game, watching television or listening to something. Many, many kids, including having our phones charged for emergency purposes. Um, You know, people are really battling. Um, I know here in KwaZulu-Natal, parts of KwaZulu-Natal, we do not have load shedding unless it reaches stage four. But for the rest of the country, they are um, having three or four, um, you know, power cuts per day. So I can only imagine what that must be like. And, um, you know, some of the other things that come up are businesses, um, small businesses. Many of them are not going to be able to um, carry on this way. And, and when this is happening at a time when they are looking forward to having, um, you know, their shops open and running because they need the money um, to come through. And um, without electricity, how is that going to affect them and the economy at the same time? No, absolutely. Um, I live in the Karoo, so I live in, um, it's exceptionally hot. I mean, today was 39 degrees, yesterday was 37 degrees. Um, so a lot of the, the businesses need aircon, they need their refrigeration. I was chatting to a lady yesterday um, who was saying that they've got um, cooler rooms um, that keep all their veggies fresh and their fruit fresh, and those are being gravely affected um, I've got um, friends who are farmers and um, they've, they've got sort of freezers full of meat for guests and for um, people coming to the farms over the, over the holidays. Yes. Those are blowing because of the, the load shedding. But one of the biggest problems that's not being spoken about is in smaller mm-hmm. towns and rural areas, a lot of these towns, for example, I live in Hrofrenet. Our town is entirely reliant on borehole um, because our dam doesn't have sufficient Yes. The boreholes mm-hmm. run on electricity. When yes. there's load shedding, the reservoirs get depleted. And then we have to wait for the for the boreholes to kick back in and to refill the reservoirs to feed the town. When you've got eight hours of outage in a day, 
there's no there's not sufficient time for the reservoirs to refill. Mm-hmm. So what is happening now is that there are vast areas in our in our municipality where people just don't get water for days on end because the reservoirs yes. are not filling in time, particularly in the high lying areas. So the, you know the municipality is doing water carting, but it's insufficient. To, so people are getting maybe a little bit of water to drink. They can't bath. They can't do washing. They can't mm. um, cook um, because they just don't have yes. water. So it's actually almost a life-threatening. And when when you've got 37, 38, 39, 40 degree temperatures and no water, yes. you can only just imagine what people are experiencing on a daily basis in a place like this. And and that Absolutely. is not being acknowledged. Um, in any way. Mm. That's a very sad situation because, I mean, here in Durban, we had that just after the, um, you know, the flooding took place. We didn't have mm. electricity because we were having power outages and obviously there was no water. And I think okay. it's the most vulnerable, your elderly that are unable to get water, even when there right. are water tankers and because they can't carry them, uh, you know, the buckets and yep. things like that. And it makes it really, really difficult. So, yes, I, I totally understand where you're coming from when you talk about people being in that situation, unable to really get enough water to survive on and with the temperatures that you are facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then you've got ministers yeah, who, who really have made the decisions in terms of um, the poor water quality, in terms of the poor water provisioning, the lack of maintenance to infrastructure in this country, ESKIM crisis, our financial crisis, and these people are completely unaffected because we're paying for them to be... You know, to have generators to keep them in air cons and, and life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they're basically having a good life while everybody else in the country suffers. And you can see why we have all of the anger from people um, with regards to how they are living at the moment. Because there's, I mean, service delivery is almost nothing. And now to put up with something like this um, is going to anger people even more. And, and at a time when I think people are on holiday, people are starting to go... Um, you know, to holiday, uh, wanting to enjoy themselves. And all of a sudden that's all curbed because you yes. can't really do that without electricity. Correct. And a number of, and, and also, mm-hmm. and, you know, in an area like ours, we rely, we uh, tourism is our second biggest industry. Yes. Um, and yes. a lot of the guest houses are, are getting cancellations. They've had a whole host of cancellations. They're going to probably have one of their worst Decembers ever. And more, most of them rely on the December period to carry them through the tougher months. Yes. Um, so, mm-hmm. so the knock-on effect of that is that later on next year, they're going to be feeling the effects of what's happening now. Yes, absolutely. It's such a knock-on effect um, exactly. that we're going to see as time goes by. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know whether we're going to find a solution to this because it's not the first time we've been made aware of this previously as well um, yes. when we had uh, power cuts, uh, you know, and nothing seems to have, have changed. Um, so this is just going to be another, I suppose, what can I say, another uh, reason for people to be angry at a time when they, want, when they should be relaxing and enjoying the good weather and time with family. Absolutely, Anissa. And, you know, I saw um, a, a statement by Minister Gordon to say that he spoke to the Eskom board and told them they really have to work hard to stop this whole thing. And I was thinking, well, what have they not been working hard up until now? And is this a new new response, um, just an instruction? So there doesn't seem to be any real political will to make the changes that are required to fix the problem. It's just same old, same old and hope that we'll get a different outcome.
Well, Samantha, that reminds me of something a teacher once told me. You shouldn't be working hard. You should be working smart. And I think maybe that's what we need to remind um, Eskom and um, our ministers uh, right now, that they need to work smart rather than hard. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Much appreciated. And I hope we have this sorted out and the ministers really, you know, come to the party and see exactly how... South Africans on the ground are battling when it comes to load shedding and even the water cuts because of what's happening due to the fact that we have so many hours of load shedding. Absolutely. No, I agree. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope and pray. Thank you so much for your time and all the best over the festive season. Oh, Thanks so much for having me, Nisa. Have a lovely day further. It's a pleasure. You too. You too. Bye-bye.